Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting tips and strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the nitty grittiness of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. And today we have a special guest. If you guys have been tuning in to Making Learning Special for a while, we would mention Pops and Lolly or Aces Pops and Lolly here and there. So we have a special guest today. Um, Pops is here with us, Zach's dad. Absolutely. Welcome, dad. Um, Nigel Smith, <laughs> I should say. I know him as Pops or dad. So um, we're just going to go right into it, basically. We want to hear from dad about just things grandparents do with their little ones and just random questions we have for dads and grandpas. So First we're just going to go right into it. So did, you, did you say hi, dad? <laughs> yeah, I no, think I was you waved, but they can't, see, they can't see you if they're hearing the audio. <laughs> I was going to say it's weird hearing you say my name. I know I it is. It really you. is. That's why I said I paused a little bit. And I'm all like, oh, I know you as dad or pops. And so <laughs> we we just want to hear from you, basically. And this is just a conversation that we want to have with you uh, because you've seen Zach grow. You've seen us grow because Zach and I have been together for a while. Now we have Ace and uh, we want to know from you, you know, what are the differences between being a parent and being a grandparent, for example, or, um, you know, what's your least favorite about being a grandparent versus your most favorite about being a grandparent? So we'll get right into what is the difference right now, you would say the big difference between being a grandparent and a parent. All right, good question. You know, you hear all the time that, oh, it's different. It's, it's a different experience or whatnot. Or you hear people say the common thing, which is, oh, it's cool because, you know, you get to uh, play with them and give them back. Yeah. But some of it's true. Some of, there's some little bit of truth to that. But more importantly, <laughs> it's a totally different experience. Um, I think the biggest difference is uh, I kind of feel like that the grand, grandkids are receiving like the best version. Of, mm -hmm. of yourself, right? Because think about it, you know, we, we raised, we raised four kids, right? And, you know, um, so your focus is on taking care of those four kids, you're working, you're, you know, you're hustling, trying to make sure that you're taking care of them. Um, you, you go to work, you come back, you're taking care of kids. So they're not going to always get the best version of, of yourself, of, of, you know what I mean? Um, you come home stressed out, whatnot. So they're going to see you at your best and your worst. But grandkids, they're always seeing you at your best, right? Because, you know, you don't see them every day. And then, especially if it's long distance, like, you know, the way that our, our situation is, when we see Ace, it's like, we're super excited because it's been a while since we've seen him. So it's just all love all the time, um, as opposed to like, you know, with your kids, you, like, I, again, I said, you see them every day, you go to work, you're stressed out. So uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences. Um, I'd also say, you know, obviously now we're we're older, so we're wiser. Uh, we've I've learned more patience. So um, again, he's receiving the best version. <laughs> he's receiving a better version than probably the kids did in reality. You know what I'm saying? So I well, think those are probably the, the differences. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, going with that, what do you think? Um, we'll go with the least. Uh, you know, what's your least favorite about being a grandparent? Then we'll go with the, what's your most favorite about being a grandparent? Uh, I can't think of anything that would be 
least favorite. I mean, other than, you know, the long distance thing, that's probably, you know, probably my least favorite part of it. There's times when I'd like to see Ace uh, a lot more. Um, so as far as, yeah, as far as the grandparenting pieces, there's, there's nothing <laughs> that's not favorable about it. You know, I love every moment of it. So I wouldn't trade anything um, or change anything about it. So definitely nothing that's, yeah, no. Can't answer that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How about, you know, changing his diaper, taking him to the bathroom? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do those things typically unless I'm by myself. So um, no, nah, even even then, um, it's still different, I guess, because it's not permanent. <laughs> so if I got to change a diaper or two here and there, you know, because y'all are out or whatever, yeah. um, it's it's not a big deal. Um so yeah, I can't really think of anything. Were, were you gonna say something, Zach? Looked like you had a point. Yeah, no, I just I just chime in here every once in a while randomly, man. I wanted to talk about how you were you were talking about how when the children or, or when you grow up and you raise your kids and your kids have kids, obviously grandkids, you're talking about how they get the best version of you. Do you think that's why grandparents spoil their the, those grandchildren, or how do you think that affects those kids? Because you were, we all know the whole the whole stereotypical grandparents spoiling the child rotten. And when they return them back to their parents, they end up being like, Oh no, what have you, what have you done? Almost like I want to go to grandma's and grandpa's house. So do you think because they get the best version of you, you're always happy. You always want to see them. Do you think that's the reason why most people, and this is purely opinion. So it's not like right or wrong answer, but do you think that plays into why some children get that quote unquote spoiled rotten behavior when they get returned back to their parents? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, grandparents, they really don't care because they're not raising them. <laughs> they're not raising them <laughs> kids, right? so they, they drop them off. They just pump them up with sugar or whatever. It's like, all right, they're going back. But, you know, um, again, they're not, you're not raising that child. So when you do, when you're with them, you just want to just enjoy them. And that, that form of enjoyment might come in as, you know, buying them stuff, taking them to ice cream. You just want them to have as much fun as possible because you have no other uh, responsibilities for that child, right? You're not, you're not, you know, they're being raised by their parents. So all the, all the, not, I won't say bad stuff, but you know, disciplinary things and all this, that's going to mostly come from the parents. So when you have the kid, you can just, you're just having fun. <laughs> so that makes, so yes, sense. Exactly that makes sense. Yeah. One thing that I do want to point out though, the one thing that we highly appreciate about how you guys have helped us with ACE when it comes to you hanging out with them is that you guys understand that we have guidelines too we have parameters we want ace to stay within uh because again the whole spoiled rotten things is like hey everything goes out the window when you're with us there's no rules right and that's kind of like overstepping boundaries i guess you can say right those are things that you don't necessarily want to do although it's all love it's all fun we obviously all want that but there also has to be certain lines that we don't cross to make sure that our child maintains that path that we set them on right so one thing that we like that and we appreciate from you guys helping us out with ace is that whenever there's something that you're not sure of hey can he do this can he eat that? When does he do this? What time should he sleep? Like, you know, things of that nature. That's helpful because that helps us to form our child in the way that we want to help him go down a path that we want him to go down versus us putting in all this hard work for, uh, for the grandparents to kind of unwind that and just like throw that momentum down another path. Right. So that's just something that I wanted to bring up because that's something that I've noticed with a lot of children. And it's something that we appreciate about you guys doing that with ACE and helping us to, to helping us versus hurting us, I guess you can say in that in the developmental department, because we've actually had an episode. I don't know, Madonna, do you know what episode it was where we talked about boundaries with grandparents and other people like that? Because like sometimes things do get thrown boundaries. out the window. Co-parent, yeah, co-parenting, yeah. because that's something that's that's it's it, we don't want that, right? Like you, 
I have a, I think I shared with a friend of mine who said, do not give my kid chocolate ice cream or don't give him chocolate or whatever, or her chocolate, sorry. And the grandparent did. So the, my friend got mad and took his kid and just left, just straight up left. Like, why would you do that? It's blatant disrespect, right? Now I understand if you don't put any guidelines in place, any rules in place, any parameters in place, there's nothing to break, right? There's no rules to break. But if they're set, set guidelines, like, hey, I want to make sure that my kid does this or doesn't do that respect it right because and then that's what it's all about right so again i just wanted to bring that up and let you know that we do appreciate that and for anybody else listening to this make sure that you do create those boundaries and those guidelines and communicate it's not necessarily that you're like hey don't do this don't do that you're not trying to be a tyrant here what you're trying to do is make sure everybody's on the same page so that they could work together to make sure that whatever they do is going to be conducive to that kid's development whether it's Everybody behavior whether it's patterns or whatever yeah. Correct. And it's not about, yeah. but again, we've talked about this before too, that it's not always just about intentions, right? Everybody has good intentions, but it's not about the intentions. It's about the outcome. Yeah. If the outcome is actually worse, forget the intention. That's not what it's about. It's about the end result at the end of the day, right? Well, at least I tried. Well, no, no, no. If we can actually get on the same page by just simply having a conversation and setting some parameters, we can all win. We can all win. So that's what it's all about, just communicating. So everybody's kind of a team, right? Like how you say, Madonna, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And if you want to if you want to raise a child in the way that you really want them to be raised, let's make sure that village is on the same page, not just everybody free for all in it. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah. also pointing out the different relationships, right, that we have with our parents or how um, other people have different relationships with their parents, where um, some might be more open to telling their parents, oh, can we, um, bedtime is that this time, our um, kiddo can't have this food versus, uh, you know, they barely see grandparents and go ahead, do what you want with your our, our kid, you barely see them and things like that. So I think it um, depends on the situation, depends on how much they see their grandchild too. Because I feel like um, sometimes grandparents do take that parenting role. I've had some um, cousins where they're working so much that their parents are their grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. um, that's also a little bit different relationship wise. Yeah, for me, you know, I always come from a place of respect. Um, I respect people's boundaries. I'm, I'm I always say that I'm not going to be one to interfere with <laughs> with anyone's marriage or the way that they raise their kids, even if they're my grandkids, right? Um, plus, we're all on the same page, anyways. You know, I have a lot of respect for for you, Madonna, for you know what what you're doing. You know, as a speech therapist, I know you know your stuff, Zach. I know that you're going to do the right thing. I know you know about nutrition and how to, you know, make sure the kids are, are nutritionally fit and all that good stuff. So we're on the same page. You know, I'm, 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 I'm totally uh, down with that. You know that. So um, I would never, ever overstep boundaries or, or disrespect. I, I find it disrespectful to do that because even, even my father, he was always pumping us with, uh, like, he was always like giving, uh, trying to give you guys candy and smoking around you guys. So I, I totally understand what it means to be disrespected. And to me, it's a sign of disrespect, whether your parents or not. It is. You're right. It is. So, um, you know, th that's really how I see it. So, yeah, um, I would never do that. And if there was something I didn't agree with, you know, if there was something that maybe that, you know, you're you're raising him or, you know, or, you know, say you have a restriction that I don't agree with. I would I would talk to you about it and say, hey, look, you know, but I'm still going to at the end of the day, I'm going to respect it um because i just think that's just the right thing to do it's just common courtesy <laughs> so yeah so that's i appreciate that you uh you, that you recognize that we would never do that yeah i mean that brings it's all up, respect um, 
Yeah, it is. So we we really appreciate that. I think we've mentioned it in a, f- a couple episodes already that that's one of the um, things that, you know, not all grandparents um, do or we have that conversation with um, grandparents. So it's it's a good one to have sometimes with, with you know, your parents. But really one of the things mm-hmm. that um, came to mind was, you know, the differences between your upbringing and you bringing up um, Zach and all of the um, three other kiddos and now the upbringing of Ace. There's three different generations here, or well, Ace isn't here with us, but you know, we're talking about three different generations here. So um, we'd like to know kind of the differences, you know, how you were brought up, how you brought up um, Zach and his siblings, and now just uh, the upbringing of ACE and what you see the differences are, um, the things that are, you see are good, the things that aren't so good, you know, some of that. Yeah, um, it's pretty interesting because there's so many different things that uh, different generations are contending with, right? Yeah. Um, so when I was growing up, it was really just, really just TV. Otherwise we were outside, right? So uh, for us, it was like, you know, making sure, but, you know, my parents were always just making sure that I came home on time or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't really, re- even when video games came out, I wasn't like super addicted to, it wasn't the same, like, like it is today where these kids are on the computer for a gazillion hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about respect growing up in, in, in my family, the way my parents raised me, my mom, <laughs> she didn't play games at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, um, uh, do as I say, <laughs> right? She's so sweet right now, though. <laughs> well, because you're getting the best version of her, Madonna. <laughs> I know. Now that yeah, I think about it, exactly. she's so sweet to our <laughs> You're getting the best, most wise, most <laughs> patient definitely. version of her. Yeah. No, she's changed a lot too. But yeah, so her, you know, and I come from um, you know, come, being raised, uh, especially in, in, in black families. It's no joke. They tell you to do something, you do it. If you don't, there's uh, forms of punishment that will happen that will take place. So it was just, some, but it was really supposed to be about respect, right? And back then, that's just the way it was. So um, I'd say there was a little, when you're comparing, there was less to contend with. Um, there wasn't much, uh, it was just, it was just, yeah, very different, very different. And so some of that transferred over to uh, to raising the kids, right? Because I only did what I, what I thought was, um, well, you know, from what the way that I was taught and brought up. And so I tried to transfer a lot of that over. Um, but I learned a lot also. I learned that, you know, times change. Each diff- kids are different. So each child is also different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was became a lot more things that cont- cont- to contend with. Um, internet, uh, you know, um, video games that suck up people, suck up the kids more time. Um, I would also say, uh, yeah, that's really it. Those are the two main things that the, the biggest difference is as far as, you know, um, generations. It just seems to be more that are that we're taking the kid's attention. Um, and then with the grandkid, the cool thing is, you know, you learn from all those experiences. And then if there's anything that got missed, you know, for example, you know, um, there's things that you can't go back and change when you're raising your kids. But now you can do even better with your grandkid, right? So that's something else that I, I think that I've, I've definitely learned and enjoy about having a grandkid is, you know, if there's anything that I, I didn't do right before, you know, not spending enough time or not, not, I mean, we, we did our best, right? But with four kids, it's rough. 
And so, yeah. you know, now I have an ace, you know, we're in a better place uh, mentally and financially also. So there's just a lot more uh, things to enjoy with, with I think that's really some of the biggest differences once you become older and you're a grandparent, it's just, it's a total different experience. I have a question, follow-up question. Based on yeah. your upbringing and then mine and then ACEs, have you seen a trend in any one particular direction in terms of the behavior of children nowadays, the demeanor of them? Like, what have you noticed over the last three generations in this world? Like, where where's kids' heads at now versus when you were a kid too? Oh, man, that's a great question. Uh, it's Kids are totally different now. I think I really feel bad for kids. I think socially they're losing a lot of uh, social skills. Mm -hmm. um, kids are feeling more entitled. I think parents are taking a little too far of this, um, you know, uh, of not disciplining their kids and just mm -hmm. giving them everything that they want and just letting them, letting them know that, hey, you're a winner and not letting them lose, not letting them fall, not letting them, you know, <laughs> get hurt, skin up those knees and, and get mm -hmm. some get that experience. Um, like I said, you know, when I was growing up, hey, you go outside, you play, you, you know, whatever's going on, you do what you do until the, till the, make sure you're home before the street lights turn off, whatever happens out there, you know, you, you know, you fall down, you get hurt, you get in a fight with kids or whatever it is, what it is, but we were out there. It was all about, hey, someone's, your kid, someone's knocking on your door. It's your friend. Hey, can you want to play? You know, I don't, you, I, I, you don't see that anymore these days, right? These kids right. leave leave the house, so it's it's really sad. Um, I I don't know what the uh, you know the, the long term effect is going to be down down the road. I think I'm really afraid to see that what the next generations are are going to be like. But even now, I can tell you, even like working with some of these kids, you know, I've been working in in management for for many years now, as y'all know. Mm -hmm. And these kids today, they come in like, I'm like expecting like you to totally cater to them. And it's like, no, you, you work for us. We're paying you. We don't owe you anything. <laughs> You're supposed, right. And so they come in like wanting all these different things. And it's like, like they actually deserve it. And so that's all because of this, this, the upbringing is, mm -hmm. you know, these, these kids are now raising kids because they think that they have this mentality of, Hey, you know, I just want to, I just want my kids to have what I didn't have when I was growing up and they're losing out on experiences by doing that. It's like, that's not how it works. And right. so I think that's, um, I think parents are failing their, their kids these days and um, we're seeing it. I mean, look at all, look at suicide rates are up in, in, in kids um, yeah. from, you know, all the way up to uh, teenagers. It's uh, the, the stats are up there. Why? Because a lot of these kids are, you know, they're, they're very weak psycho, you know, psychologically. Mm -hmm. you know, um, they, they go on the internet and someone says something bad about them and their whole life is crushed. Um, okay. It's just really bad. It's, it's scary out there. You're right. So, you're right. Yeah. And a lot of what, a lot of what you said, we've actually covered before on this, on this podcast in terms of building resiliency and all, you know, everything of that nature. Um, and I, not to be all and over the place here, but I have them. a, I have a follow-up yeah. question now for you, Madonna. Okay. Cause now that we got some insight from my dad, now I want to hear a little bit about you in terms of the development, the communication of these kids nowadays, because over the course of these years, we've noticed there's been more speech delays. There's been higher rates of autism and all everything, you know, down that, down that path. Attention Do you believe, deficits. 
Yeah. Yeah. ADHD. Do you believe that the reason why this is happening is because of environmental things? Is it technology? Do you think we just have more resources to diagnose these things? It was, there's a negative stigma before. So when people are trying to hide it and not get that on paper, what do you think is going on here? Because we definitely have seen an elevated like mm -hmm. amount of diagnoses in, in autism and ADHD, like we said, what do you think is playing into that? And why do you think that's happening nowadays? Because we've already now, like, based on what my dad said, and we totally agree that these kids nowadays, in terms of their just demeanor and the way they are, it's on the decline, right? Let's just call it what it is. It's on the decline. What's going on in the world of autism and communicative disorders? Yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of things, right? It's a mixture of them being able to know the characteristics and um, of a language delay or a language disorder and being able to identify them sooner. That's one thing. The other thing is it's definitely environmental. There's so many environmental factors where the social factor, like how dad mentioned, is we um, kids just don't get that social uh, exposure as much, for example, or they're on the screen too much, or, you know, there's these things, no, not things, but there, there's something called the COVID baby now because they didn't have a lot right. of exposure and they were um, indoors most of the time with lack of seeing other faces other let, than- let me, Can I pause? Animals. Can I pause you real fast? Can you define what a COVID baby is and how that's negatively <laughs> affected them? Because uh, good, look, guess what? A lot of people that are listening to this probably have been affected by that, but yeah. don't even know what it's called or why it's happening. So if you could well, define they that- They're the ones who call themselves COVID babies because Ace is within that range, right? So those babies that are born around, but he's so he's a COVID baby, but he's not a COVID baby. Yeah. He was part of the COVID baby era, but he's by no means exactly. a COVID baby. So if you could just please, from a professional you know standpoint, explain what exactly is a COVID baby, or at least the 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 ailments or the the negative effects of what a COVID baby is. Let him know. So a lot of these kids that I'm seeing right now who are about um, probably two to four years old, like, let's say, they were born around when we had those major shutdowns. So 2019 all the way to 2021, right, or 2022, those kids are... Um, they're not exposed to a lot of those sensory things that kids are exposed to or developmentally, a lot of them have delays because they're just not, um, they're not given the opportunities to do the things that kids usually do. They can't go to the park because it's, you know, not sanitary or in the discovery museum, um, they have, you have to wear a mask and they can't see your whole face or even a regular store. So those things are really hindering them from developing these natural things that they're supposed to be developing, which are mainly social interaction. And social interaction is a biggie because kids, even as young as a few months old, they start mimicking and they start looking at faces you know a, a newborn sees your right. face at like six to eight inches right can you imagine if you have to go outside with that baby and you have to wear a mask most of the time um so so there you're seeing a lot of these delays from kids who otherwise might not um, have a delay because they would have gotten all these opportunities or you just see these kids who are showing up a little bit um, later and they've already had delays, but now they're significantly worse because of um, the factors that um, happen wow. with the shutdowns. 
So do you think, so do you think, because we've covered this in the past before that when a child has, is diagnosed with autism, whether it's mild or severe, we understand that when they don't get early intervention, that the problems just compound over the course of time. And that discrepancy between where they should be versus where they actually are just widens more and more and more. Now for these COVID babies who are typically developing, but just have experienced a language delay because they're on the screen all day long or whatever it may be. Is that the same case or is this something that since they are typically developing, they'll just eventually catch up? Because we heard that before. Ah, he's just not talking. He'll get there eventually. Right. And we know that's nonsense. But is that nonsense in this department as well? Or is it just only for the autistic side? Well, well see, this is where it gets a little tricky, too, because if you think about it. When we were all work and we're still working from home, but most families were working from home and there were there was no child care available, everything was closed, right. everything was virtual, that the only means that we are able to work and, uh, you know, financially support ourselves while during at this time was to put our kids on the screen, probably, right, if they couldn't, but when your child has autism, that's usually um, your child just has autism. It's not generated by um, Correct. screen or anything like that. It might be Correct. heightened by it. But a child who has autism, it's just part of how their brain is functioning uh, ha is a child who has autism. But some of these families that I see is that, oh, you know, he was born during the COVID times. We, um, we wanted to wait on a diagnosis. We wanted to wait um from being getting services because um, it might just be because he needs more exposure, right? Is what they're thinking of. But in reality, the sooner you get your child into services, the better. Whether they have a delay, a disorder, or whatever it is, whether they're just a late talker, and a late talker is literally, um, you know, you do three sessions with them and they're good. They're like the superstars of your speech sessions because they start copying, they start coming up with new words, but it just whatever intervention you um, you could start with, why not, right? So there's an influx of that right now. So do you think though, but do you think that if they just didn't do anything at all, and by no means do, am I condoning this, right? Because we're always like, hey, if you have any doubt whatsoever, err on the side of caution and get a yes. diagnosis, like why the heck not? But do you believe that these kids will eventually catch up in terms of their social behavior and their language? If they are typically developing, just have not had enough opportunities to express that language. I would say it's a 50-50. I know there's more of um, really tangible numbers that I don't know what they are right now from the top of my head, but most kids who have a language delay or a language disorder early on in life, even though they quote unquote catch up, they never really, there's only a certain percentage that may catch up depending on how much of the delay it is. And there's a certain percentage where you see very minor things in their language skills that they um, never really catch up on. And that's the honest truth <laughs> that um, they seem like they're catching up and they've caught up, but there's still fine detailed things. They might not see social cues or they might not, um, they might not understand certain concepts, for example, later on and you see that trickling into adulthood or into their school age years. That makes massive sense. So I want to bring it right back to what we were talking about with my dad right before this, that I feel like, and I think we can all agree that parents nowadays who are utilizing screens as a tool for parenting, which it should not be, are putting their kids at a massive disadvantage because the baseline for children's skills have dramatically decreased, right? 
what, what I mean, all we're trying to do as adults is to procreate and make our kids better than us at an earlier age than us, right? But for some reason, we're kind of going backwards in society. It's, it, it makes zero sense. We're the most technologically advanced we've ever been. We have the most degrees and educated, I should say, quote unquote, educated people there are ever in the history of mankind. Yet we still have a lot of very ignorant people, we'll just say to keep it very, very nice here. So I want to bring it back here because look, nowadays, and I'm sure dad, you, when you were raised, this was like a, this was, this was not a skill. This was like, you're supposed to shake someone's hand. You're supposed to say hello. You're supposed to have a, like the firm handshake and maintain eye contact throughout that entire, you know, conversation, that interaction. Now it's crazy to me because Ace is very social. He loves to say hi to random strangers and, and kids, but these kids just like, it's like they don't know what to do because they're just heads just in an iPad. And when they look up and they notice a kid's interacting with them, it's like they don't know what to do. It's like a deer with the headlights, like flashing in their eyes. They're just like, what, what, what is this? That's not Dora the Explorer. That's like human being. What the heck is going on here? I feel like they're just at a massive disadvantage because again, the baseline set of skills, and I shouldn't even call them that because they're just standards have dramatically decreased, man. So like you said, dad, you are kind of worried about where this generation is going. And how do you, how do you think though, that lack of social skills is going to negatively impact society in the future? Well, I mean, it, it's just so ironic too, because like you said, you know, we're technology, we, I mean, as far as technology, we're, we're super advanced. We can communicate, we have FaceTime, we have all these different tools to communicate. You can talk with thousands of people online. But guess what? You're missing all those physical interactions, you know, those facial expressions. What's the, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I know there's a high percentage of communication is done um, what you see with your eyes. And, right. you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> these kids aren't, they're not getting that. And so I just see a generation of kids who are just, they're not going to be able to, to, to function when they get out there. At some point, you got to get out there, right? Um, when it comes to like even, you know, getting a job or, or anything else, um, I, I just these kids are they're just going to have a rough time uh, getting out there and being able to communicate. Um, again, the depression rates are up, suicide rates are up. I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of that because um, we're human beings, we're social beings. We were, you know, ready to believe in. I don't know what you, everyone believes in, but I believe we're created to socialize. That's you know to interact with each other. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's taken away, then you know we're in trouble. It's crazy so, to me because there's like, yeah. there's businesses. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off here, but like there are restaurants that are popping up now where you don't have to interact with anybody whatsoever. Right now there's some people who are like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's because they want to raise minimum wage, oh, blah, blah, blah. But then you have a lot of these other people who are just, I don't know, we won't say socially awkward, but they have social anxiety, I guess we can say, because they didn't learn these things. They're like, yeah, heck yeah. We need more of those. We need more of those. But, but, but why, but why, why are we going to double down on characteristics and traits that are actually not serving you to the, to the same degree that the opposite would. Why are we doing that? Why are we going down that path? People are like, oh, but I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm like, but are you an actual introvert or were you trained to be one? That's the thing because most people think like, oh, you're a natural born, natural born leader. No, you're not. Like I've been called that before, right? Oh, you're a natural born leader. I'm like, no, I'm not, dude. I just played sports and I practiced hard. I was the president of my, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade assembly thing. And I had to make a speech literally every Wednesday to like 500 kids. It's something that is learned. Anything and everything can be learned as long as you're willing to put enough effort and time into learning this. So the, what, what, what bothers me about all this is that the, it's the acceptance 
of these behaviors, these traits, these characteristics that people aren't necessarily proud of, but they're like, eh, it's just my fate. It is it is. what it is. Mm-hmm. I, these are the cards that I was dealt. I'm like, that's nonsense, dude. Because if you want to say these are the cards that you were dealt, then guess what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna use that same logic and be like, guess what? You're playing poker and you get to swap those cards out for new ones. So guess what? If you don't like where you're at or what you're doing or where you're going, change course. It's very much, it's really that simple. Now, I'm not saying conceptually, obviously it's simple. In practical application, it could be quite difficult, but guess what, man? If it's a priority and you really think it's important, you're going to go ahead and do it. You don't, my, my point here is, my whole long thing is, you don't have to accept where you are or who you are, what you are, what you do or anything. You can always change and it is never too late. If you're not happy with something, do something about it. And it's going back to parenting, too, I was going to say, is that, you know, it's not like, oh, well, here's my I have a baby that, you know, born during COVID times. But it's not like you have to accept that. Right. You can go you can go out of your way if you need to to do what you need to do to help your um, kiddo be social and help them with their language skills, help them just overall with their development. And I know I've mentioned this before, maybe in a couple episodes as well, is that let's say I have a kid who has a language um, delay or a language disorder, a kiddo who is socially um, in tune will be easy, not, I wouldn't say easier, but the, he, he might have a lot more success in in therapy versus a child who is not socially in tuned. So that social mm. piece is so huge in development, in all areas of development. If you think about it, the very initial things that we do with our kids is how are they back and forth turn taking with us? That's nonverbal. How are they tuning in with their eyes and looking around? Are they observing ace was a very observant baby right and he still is you know he he might be quiet or he might not be saying well he's very chatty now but before right he used to just look around and be very observant so for kids who are just socially there they are more successful in speech therapy is what I've noticed versus kiddos who I'm really really working on them just you know, first things in therapy is I could only get two turns with them and then they would go away or they're in their own little world and doing their own things. And it's harder for them to welcome me into their play because then what's play is how you build language without them being wanting to play with us and being social with us, then there's no opportunities to practice these skills. So that social part is huge. It's, it's definitely, um, something that is a core foundational skill. Yeah, I think uh, parents need to be educated on this because this is a whole new, this is a whole new thing. Like, I don't think, I think some parents don't realize the negative effects that they are happening or going to happen because they're not, um, you know, being accountable for the actions. But I also think they need to be educated just like nutrition, right? Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, my mom, yeah, sure. I heard, you know, eat your vegetables or whatnot, but I didn't really understand the implications until I, I was really took a deep dive on it and took a nutrition class. And so I think that's kind of the, kind of the same thing with the, with this, right. You know, parents, that's what they do. They're busy, give their kids an iPad, you know, um, they don't, I don't think they really realize the effects that, you know, technology can have on, on, on their, on their kids. So you know, I don't know. I mean, thank goodness they have platforms like this um, that you have, Madonna, which is awesome. But, you know, how else do they get that? You know, should it be a, a class in school about, you know, interacting, 
um, the effects of, of, you know, too much screen time, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think even texting, sometimes I think about it, even like, you know, for adults, you know, we have access to everything, information, right? Yeah. You know, you don't, have to, you don't have to leave your house. That's why people say, oh, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, Zach, oh, I'm an introvert. They use it as an excuse. It's like, no, you just don't have to go out and interact with anyone for most things because of technology. Technology mm -hmm. takes away a lot of that, right? Um, and like I said, even like with texting, we're so quick to, you know, get information to each other that sometimes I'll hold off on, on texting things to, to meet it because, um, you know, if I know we're going to dinner or something, it's like, if I, if I text everything all day long, you know, what are you gonna have to, you may not have much to talk about because you've already, because you want to get things out fast, quick, right? So, you know, there's sometimes you just need to take it old school to keep that social interaction going. <laughs> it's a discipline really, you know? Yeah, that's one thing too, that during meal times, we really limit our um, our screen time on our phone or on the TV oh, yeah, or anything sure. like that, for sure. And that's, that's a huge thing because when you go out to restaurants, a lot of the time you see people, um, you know, checking your phone is fine, but being on their phone the whole time and their table's completely silent. And then, you know, so going weird. out to dinner and going out to eat your food, your family and friends, is supposed to be a social thing. It's supposed to be yeah. something that connects all of you guys together. So that's one of the things that we really, uh, with Ace, he, he doesn't go on the screen when we're having dinner, when we're out especially, and he does have his toys to keep him occupied. But even that nowadays that he's getting older, we're like, oh, we're going to lay off on the toys because you can talk to us. You can be part of the conversation. So yeah. That's, that's Ace really is the fun. perfect uh, perfect example of, you know, you can see the difference in, in children who are, who are screen raised and those mm -hmm. who are raised to, to interact. Ace is, is perfect for that, um, perfect example of that. Um, so I really respect y'all the way that y'all uh, raised Ace as far as that's concerned, because I think people, again, I just think they don't understand it or they need to know the consequences of what they're doing to their children by not getting them out there, you know. Um, pushing the kids out there. And one thing I noticed, even like with, you know, getting a driver's license, right? Oh, when yeah. I was like, <laughs> that was, I looked forward to that. I couldn't wait. The day that I was able to, to go get that license, I was out there 15, 16, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But like today's kids is like, I had to like push the kids. Right. <laughs> like, Can I, I was just like, Uber? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want your license. Right. And, you know, and I think it's, again, it's just, it's just that whole, not wanting to go out and interact with people, you know, and it's just, uh, it, it's really sad. I think folks just really need to know the consequences and how you get that out there. I don't know. But. Well, that's what this platform is all about. And that's why we do yeah. what we do so that we can help people. And look, if this helps one person change the trajectory right. of their child, that makes a positive impact on the world. And guess what? We did our job. So dad, I appreciate you being on the show today. I want to wrap it up by one well, Madonna could wrap us up, but Check this out. 30 minutes ago, I, I literally almost 30 minutes ago. Exactly. I have a friend of mine who's actually a client of mine um, and his name is Andre. He goes, yo, it's been a while, bro. I hope all's well. Me and Serena are having a baby girl this October. We're super impressed with baby Ace and how you guys are raising him. I wanted to reach out to see if you have any books, resources or anything you could recommend for us. And it's literally right there that he just texted that to us while we're recording. So guess what I'm going to refer him to. If this podcast helps him to raise his child to the best of his ability so that he can maximize the odds of his daughter's success in this world, we did our job. So dad, thank you exactly. very much. Madonna. If you could take it away, let them know where they could find you. 
Yeah, so you could find me at makinglearningspecial.com, making learning special on TikTok and making learning special on IG. And dad, again, we want to say thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for all your support and love. We really appreciate you. And we'll see you guys on our next episode.